right, what's going on, everybody? It is Chris here with another episode of Should I Play That? Welcome, everybody. It's another week. It's another day. It's episode 41. And uh, we're here. We're in here. It's December. It's, it's December. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, I got Rod uh, joining us today. Uh, Rod, how's it going, man? It's December. It's crazy. It's it's. We are doing this. We're. I'm not gonna say we're. Well, we are approaching. Um, we're not close yet, but we're approaching uh, 50 episodes here, and it, it's gonna. Be, we'll be celebrating our year anniversary. You know, um, and before too long here. I mean, we're gonna. I mean, the holidays are gonna roll right past us shortly here. We've got some cool plans uh, in store for for you guys, for sure. And uh, I'm really excited. I've I've already started kind of telling people like, hey, get ready, watch the feeds, you know, uh, around Christmas time because we're dropping some some good content. Rubbing my hands like Birdman right now. (laughs) Yes, man. This is like, honestly, I I know I've said this to you like in private many, many times, but man, I am so excited about the end of the year because like the, the game of the year stuff is my favorite part of the year we're changing it up a little bit this year like what we're doing but i mean i i I love just talking about and reminiscing about like all the awesome stuff that we've played over the past year it's my favorite part of doing this show no it's funny i'm starting to get like anxiety for this episode because i'm sitting here thinking dang should i should i have like done better like with my time trying to finish certain games <laughs> and like, and, and like we're, we're down to the, you know, the end of the year and I still have a couple, I have like a couple of games on my plate right now. So, yeah. uh, and, and it was weird is that there's like one more game that I sort of want to at least like see if I could attempt to like blitz through before the end of the year, but I'm not even going to do that to myself. I'm not going to do that to myself. I, um, I'm curious. I'm curious what game that is. I, I wanted to play star Wars. I wanted to play that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like it's you know it's, it's it got solid reviews. And what's you know what's weird about the game is that when it was shown off, and uh, I guess it was really shown off this year, right? Right. And so it just came out. Um, my initial impression was like it looks decent, but I'm not really too excited about it. And then once I feel like it was all timing. I feel that once the game came out. He came out uh, around a time where a lot of heavy hitters already came out. So Death Stranding already came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pokemon already came out. And for me, at least, some of those bigger games sort of like, they're sort of, they're, they're sort of letdowns a little bit. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this game came out and just hearing like the good buzz about it sort of like picked up my spirits a little bit. But uh, just based on time, I just, I, I don't have time to, to you know try it out yeah that's the thing right is that like it's almost like an embarrassment of of riches you know there's there's so much awesome stuff that you know we want to play we're not going to get to everything you know there's Mm -hmm. it's impossible you know i'm I'm not gonna for example you know spoilers i'm not gonna get to death stranding like there's no way i'm I'm trying to get through two games right now um and just going by our recording schedule um and kind of like everything that we have planned um i'm just not gonna be able to get to it even if we were to record later it's not something i'm gonna get to like you know it's a 40 
50 hour experience and you know we both have full-time jobs and have other obligations outside of playing video games so you know this is something we completely do in our free time and because we love it so um you know it's it's difficult but you know when you're playing something really really good um it's i get really excited to come on here and talk about why i love the thing that i love um or even if something i'm not liking as much like i mean just being able to bounce those ideas uh back and forth uh, between each other is extremely valuable to me um and it's you know it's really really hard but uh like trying to make time for for everything um i've been trying to move uh lately like oh yeah i was gonna say that's coming up for you isn't it yeah, yeah, I'm actually, we're, I'm actually receiving the keys, like, uh, next, or this weekend, so by the time you're actually hearing this, like, the next day, um, and, you know, for the past, like, couple months, like, you know, I've been on the search, and it has only intensified to the point where, like, my Saturdays have been completely shot, um, I'm not doing anything on, uh, you know, video game related on the weekends lately, except for that, with the exception of this, past thanksgiving holiday um i got a lot of game time in uh, which is awesome but you know before that like i was not able to play stuff at all so i'm getting through things like pretty slowly but um Dang, I'm I, was hoping- think, I was thinking uh this is our first episode back from thanksgiving right yeah first Yo, one. How, i was gonna say yeah how, how was that for you man it was pretty good. My immediate family, they were actually all gone on a cruise. Um, I didn't go because, you know, I was busy doing moving stuff <laughs> and preparing for that. Um, but, but they had a really good time. Um, I actually stayed and hung out with some family here. I went to go see uh, my grandmother and my uncle and, uh, who live in the area or outside of the Atlanta area. Um, so I went to go see them and hang out with them for a, the day. That's really cool. You know, we do the whole thing of, you know, hang out for, you know, food and football and it's, it's great. So it's two things I love wholeheartedly, uh, every day anyway. <laughs> uh, so it, it was, it was really, really fun. Um, and the days, it was actually kind of nice because like the, after that day, um, like I actually had, you know, that entire week, uh, to myself or that weekend to myself, uh, which, which was actually really fun. And I got like some good gaming time and I got some, uh, personal time as well. Like I got to go to like, uh, uh I got to go to the park uh, quite a bit and kind of just enjoy myself and sit in nature and like, like outside you living your best life, man. It was really needed. It was needed, man. The past few weeks have been extremely hectic, uh, both at my actual job and like, just in life in general, uh, with preparing to move and everything. Um, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on personally. And I just really needed those few days to kind of like relax, uh, turn on some, some video games, uh, watch a couple, you know, shows and, and, and really enjoy like nature <laughs> and being like in the public and like, you know, enjoying that as well. Like I love just kind of getting away. Um, um, I would actually stayed at my parents' house while they weren't there. So that was a, like a little bit, uh, surreal for a minute because it was like, you know, I'm not at my house, but, um, I'm kind of in another area, but it was nice. You know, you get to kind of like be away from your like traditional area. Um, and that, that was fun. So I needed that. I needed that. Uh, What about you, man? Oh man. So it was so that the, the actual Thanksgiving dinner and like, you know, being with family, like I always, 
I'm a, I'm a family guy. Like I love, you know, the time that I have to spend with my family. I really cherish that, especially, um, like I feel like with, uh, like with some of my cousins and everything like that, like we, we're, we're growing closer, like than we've had before. So like it's something that I noticed that's pretty cool. Um, but you know, everyone, everyone was behaving themselves. Like they, not too much shade was thrown during Thanksgiving dinner. Um, people weren't asked, you know, hey, your plate looks light. Yeah, you, uh, you sure you're not? Or are you sure you, 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 you know, are you eating enough? Right. Uh, yeah, none of that. Like none of the the shaming on like relationship statuses either. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's always good. So yeah, everybody, everybody was, you know, they were well behaved. Um, and it, it, what's what's funny though is that um, you know, coming from like a Caribbean family, our Thanksgivings are a little different. Okay. As in, like, I feel like we don't eat the tradition, traditional, like, Thanksgiving food. So, um, like, I feel like whenever I talk about Thanksgiving food, people are like, they look at me funny. They turn their head sideways and they're like, yo, that's not Thanksgiving food. What do you mean? So, like, for us, like, we'll, you know, we'll eat like oxtail, curry goat. Um, uh, we'll have like, you know, turkey, uh, well, fried turkey, uh, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. The, well, it's funny. This is the first year that we actually had deviled eggs. Like we never have. Really? Deviled, yeah, we never have deviled eggs, and it's funny. I I made that. I made it a point to say that. And the person that brought the devils that deviled eggs was someone else's significant other that mm. isn't from the Caribbean. Mm. Oh, I figured. Yeah. So so yeah. So I was like, oh, I figures the American would bring this in, but um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty chill. Uh, but. This was, you know, I had to work on Thanksgiving Day. So luckily I was able to actually, you know, have the dinner, spend some time with the family. But, you know, that was cut short. I had to, like, go, I had to put on customer service face on. And I had to uh, pretty much, you know, go into NPC mode uh, <laughs> for the rest of that day. Yeah. And for the rest of that weekend, worked all weekend. But, you know, made it through it. Uh, it wasn't horrible. Um, I will say that, uh, like Thanksgiving day, the shopping plaza that we're in, mm-hmm. I feel like every single person, and this is a small town that, uh, this job's in, mm-hmm. everyone was in that shopping plaza. I, I promise you, I've never seen every parking spot filled. Wow. And is it traditionally, it's not traditionally like that though, right? Like it's. Well, no, the, that uh, shopping plaza has a Walmart in it. Has a, oh, okay. Well then, <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I didn't have to deal with any of that. I didn't have to really deal with a super heavy store. Like I feel like luckily I worked. My shifts were like at times where it wasn't really like super busy. So okay, you know, like like you know, that's I, that's the silver lining and all that. Yeah. That, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, my, my, I actually, I feel like my shifts were actually pretty easy. Okay. Well, that's good, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as good as it possibly could be. Exactly. And that's what you got to look at. You got to look at the silver lining and things. Right. Uh, if things, if things aren't really going away, like try, try and it's all, it's all, you know, it's a mental thing. Try and find a way to sort of shift your focus into positivity. Yeah. And you'll, you'll start noticing things a little different. Yeah. Speaking of shifting focus. What's this podcast about? Oh, yep, that's right. We are Should I Play That? We are a gaming podcast. Uh, we, uh, like starting the show off with a little segment 
uh, where we talk about the, you know, the games that we played over this past week. And Rod, it sounds like you've been, you know, you have like a, a nice little docket of games to talk about this week. So we're going to, we're going to go ahead and start off with you, Rod. What you've been playing? I finished Yakuza 4 and that feels damn good. So, Man. so Yakuza 4, is it, does it stand up? Cause I know you were saying when you started the game, people like they, they hold Yakuza 4 really high up in regard. Uh, is that true? Yes. I'm really glad that you asked that question. Yes, it actually does. So, so far what I've heard is that the even number Yakuza's are like the really great ones. Um, and the other ones aren't necessarily bad, but they're just not as uh, revered as the other ones. And I feel like that it has been, pretty true so far um if if we're counting zero in that i know zero is technically not like a odd or even number um you know it we it goes zero two and four um I, I would definitely put four up there i think like it's it's might it might be like the most well i was gonna say it might be the most nonsensical plot like out of all of them in terms of just like how everything kind of wraps up at the end but like but the the fact that they basically Grand Theft Auto 5'd it uh, before Grand Theft Auto 5 is pretty cool. Like, and I mean that in the sense of like multiple playable protagonists. So last time I played this, or last time I talked about this, I think I was on the third playable character who was the detective, um, and he was I think the weakest out of all of them. But he was still he had a really neat storyline that actually played pretty significantly into everyone else's storyline um and then obviously the fourth the last character that you play in the game is kiryu and man there's a there's a moment where you actually see kiryu for the first time like in the the game as the second playable character and it's just really cool and you want to know like what's going on with kiryu like i kind of want to go back to him but then the second playable character saijima he ends up being like really really compelling and interesting in his own right and so you kind of you don't forget about kiryu but you're kind of fine putting him on the back burner until saijima's story is done um but like i said man um yeah like this this really does hold up to previous yakuza games you're doing a lot of the same stuff that you are doing in these other games in terms of getting into street battles uh engaging in sub stories where you know you're running into uh, funny amusing characters on the street um some of which carry over all the way from the first yakuza which is really neat um so you'll see certain sub stories from characters who you may have run into in a sub story in one and they kind of come back in four it's not a thing if anybody's listening and they're like oh man that's that sounds cool i don't really feel like playing these games in order you don't have to like you do not have to play any of the yakuza's in order in order to enjoy them um there are certain threads and narrative um elements that do carry from the game to game but i would say most of the time it's it can be comprehended uh pretty easily like on its own like these function i would say decently well as a standalone story and with three of the protagonists being brand new to the franchise um this is a really good jumping on point um, you could kind of tell that that sega you know was kind of running out of ideas on where to kind of take the story and i don't mean that in a disparaging way but it's like okay we have a fourth game with kiryu like what more can we do with him to kind of like can we focus another 20 hours 25 hours like solely on him and they wanted to do something a little bit different and i think it really 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 works um i thought i didn't know how it was going to work because i love kiryu like i want to spend every like hour playing as him but like 
they, I, so I was a little unsure how this would be approached, but they do it so, so well. And, and like I said, how they weave everyone's motivations kind of into each other, um, is really neat. Like, for example, um, without spoiling much, there's a character who appears, there's a specific character who appears in all four storylines and they have a significant impact and they show up in each storyline but in different ways it's, it's hard to talk about without like straight up spoiling it i don't even want to say like the gender of this person but um it's it's really really neat and very cool and a interesting way to kind of tie everything together um something else that's very different as well and i touched on this a few weeks ago but every character plays completely different and it's so cool uh saijima is the brawler heavy character he does like really cool bounce combos off the ground and off of walls um akiyama is the speed character he mostly kicks um but he is very much focused on outrunning his opponents like in in battle uh and the detective is Tanamura, he is very much focused he's technical so he is all about uh doing parries on the enemy so you have to actually execute parries in order to execute uh, in order to uh, really utilize him to his full potential um meaning that you know if somebody's attacking you you have to you have a certain window in which you need to block and you will parry the other person into someone else uh, and kiryu is a little bit of a mix of everyone but he is definitely like powerhouse as well similar to saijima saijima is more of like a tank and i would say kiryu is like a smaller tank um and he carries over a lot of his abilities from previous games so you if you've played the other titles you will be right at home with kiryu um so much fun this franchise is great i can't wait for five because where it kind of leaves off is a pretty interesting point and i know with five you play five characters so very very yeah it's a lot it's a lot and apparently it's five characters in five different cities oh so Yeah, apparently five is huge. It is huge. Um, so is this the is five going to be the last game in that uh, combo pack? Yes, it is. It is. It will be the last game. In fact, I right. believe it has its own Blu-ray disc. It's so large. Um, so and, and by the way, th- these games look good. so Yakuza three like kind of looks a little rough. Like I mean, it looks like it it still looks okay for you know being up-res and everything. It, it's but you know, you, it, you can definitely tell it is a PlayStation Three game. Like it's, it, you can tell it's obvious. Um, Yakuza Four looks really fucking good. Like I was a little surprised at points, like how good it looked. Um, so yeah, the the upres does it a lot of favors as well. Um, it looks very similar to Yakuza Zero in my opinion. Maybe even mm. a tiny bit better tiny bit better um so yeah because yakuza 0 again was a playstation 3 game that was actually yeah. ported to playstation 4 yeah um so yeah great awesome stuff um i do also want to shout out really quickly that the mini games in this one um are pretty cool each character has like kind of their own uh, their version of like i would say how majima has the car- uh, cabaret club in zero and kiryu has the real estate stuff like they like everyone has a a main mini game that you execute and uh, most of them are in other games as well like in yakuza 2 or yakuza 3 there's a hitman mini game that has a, its own storyline everybody has their own and some of them are really really cool saijima actually has one called fighter maker where he runs across a dojo who is in need of a master or teacher and he basically has to you train these individuals 
up to basically win matches in the Colosseum, um, the, which is the underground in purgatory in Yakuza world. And it's super cool. It's super involved. Um, it relies a little bit too much on luck, but I think the idea of it is really neat. So, um, definitely great, great effort. And, I loved it. It was really, really strong. I'm pleased with good. it. I mean, I was gonna say, like, you, uh, you've done a really good job getting through all of these Yakuza games this year. I have played five Yakuza games this year, just this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, so. I, and, and that, that sort of shows, like, how good the franchise is, because I know, like, for me, I would have been burnt out by, like, the second or third game. Yeah, so about that, like, I, I don't do absolutely everything in these games. Like, I do the main story, and I do all the sub-stories. Um, and then once I do that, like, I'm done. Like, I'm not gonna 100% the game that's insane. In fact, I'm not even gonna try all of the mini Like, I didn't do any golf or pick karaoke in this one, because I, I, like, I know, I know what those are. Like, I might go back one day and maybe do some of the karaoke, because they have the scene transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, like they do in zero and everything, but I'm not going to do everything and explore every nook and cranny or play Shogi at every part. Like I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do that. Um, so that's something I do once I finish like the sub stories and the narrative. Um, I actually look up a guide and say like, Hey, what are all the mini games in the game? Like maybe I missed one. Um, and if, sure enough, like I haven't really missed, I haven't really missed much. So like, I don't need to go fishing in every game. Um, you know, unless there's like a narrative tied to it and there wasn't in this one. So. I'm good, but yeah, like, absolutely. You can totally burn yourself out. I've made sure to kind of give myself some space in between games. And yeah, that's pretty much been my experience with that. Um, the next game I've been playing and actually just finished, like, last night, uh, as over this recording, like, was Pokemon Shield. So finished that and saw credits and everything. Well, quote unquote finished. I saw credits is what I should say. And, no, I, just, I, was just, I was gonna say, did you? Um, is this just you like finishing the poke, like the Pokemon Championship, or is yeah. this after? Okay, because there's more. There's more to do. There's like an extra chapter. Yeah, I started it sort of wraps that. up everything. Okay. Yeah, with the two brother brothers or whatever they are, Walk, um, walking clowns. That's what yeah, they are. Walking clowns with the one with the the hair that moves in a really weird way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it's. It's stupid, but like, it's fine. Like, I, it's kind of what I expect at this point. Um, and, and it's not making me unhappy. Like, I'm, it's fine. This game is a solid six or seven out of ten to me. Like, I wasn't expecting a lot coming out of this. Um, and there are some clearly disappointing elements in it. Uh, you and I have kind of talked about it. You know, I hate Team Yell. I hate them so much and not in a, the game wants me to hate them way, but in a, they are just in, unintentionally annoying um and i feel like they're a complete waste of time and space and energy and character design and a complete waste of music their music is awesome like their their theme music is really good like their battle music um mm-hmm. they their their home arena spike mouth spike mouth or whatever um that is that place has awesome music the the theme of at that town is great but well, yeah the it, aesthetic was pretty cool the aesthetic is awesome it reminded me of um of detective pikachu yeah and and i love the the sound behind it but man it's just a hallway it's it's just a hallway and like four fights and that is the town um i i am i was baffled 
I, I thought it was a joke, actually, at first. I was like, there has to be more to this, right? Like, I was expecting some narrative twist, and there is not. Nope, that's um, it. <laughs> that, is, that, that, that is it. Like, the last couple gems are really sparse. I'd say the last, like, three are pretty sparse. Um, so, yeah, that stuff I was really disappointed in. I was hoping that that stuff would be more involved. A lot of the world seems lifeless, um, which is disappointing. You know, there's there's a lot of elements here I think that could have been better, but there are a lot of improvements. I love the max raids. I love the – I still love the sports aesthetic. I, I never thought that that got old. Um, even at the very end, the very last few battles that you do is is pretty – exhilarating you know i love the concept that you are participating in an event like a a spectator sport i don't think that that's been done before outside of pokemon stadium like i think that this is like the first main line where that idea has really kind of manifested itself um in in a meaningful capacity and and that stuff works that stuff works it's it totally works um but yeah, uh, you know, there there's some good, there's some bad. I, I don't I don't know, Chris. Uh, I know you were saying the other day that like you were really interested in like what I had to say about it. Like does my reaction surprise you at all? Like were you oh. kind of expecting this or I, Yeah, I was I was expecting it. I was expecting that response. Um yeah. cuz I, I feel like I sort of like uh I sort of threw up the layup on like what to expect. Mm-hmm towards the end i feel or just just more more so just the game in general since Mm -hmm. i sort of like sped through it um but i don't know like i i'm at this point with like pokemon sword and shield um like the hype is really so it's already died down uh at least for me because Mm -hmm. i've i don't know like i'm i'm not too excited on like you know catching the gigantamax pokemon and um, when it comes down to the Pokedex, like where I'm at with, at the Pokedex, I, I literally like can't catch anything else. I have to trade everything else to complete the Pokedex. And that sort of discouraged me a little bit. I was like, damn, like now I actually have to like, you know, uh, you know, depend on like other people to try and complete this. And that sort of like just took the, took the wind out of my sail. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, at that point, it seems like there's not a lot to do in post-game. You know, like, there's that yeah. extra chapter. There's that, and then there's, like, the battle tower. Mm. There's, like, online battling. So, like, I could create, like, a competitive team, but I I don't think my heart's in it right now. Right. And, I mean, yeah. like, and, and when I'm talking about post-game, too, I, I'm really referring to, like, stuff that is motivated by, like, the anything narrative related like there's not really much of an incentive for you to to create a competitive team outside of just your desire to create a competitive team like Mm -hmm. if you're just if you're just that into it then that's there for you and that's great but like for me for example like i might do it i might dabble and think that it's kind of and screw around and say oh you know this is kind of fun for you know a little bit but i'm not going to seriously spend hours like looking for ivs and like all this other shit, well, like I'm just not gonna do that. Well, they they made that super easy in this game. So that I guess something that I, I could definitely uh, commend them on is uh, just the quality of life changes that they made on just um, like changing natures, getting the right natures, breeding, uh, getting IVs. Like I feel like this is the, is like especially towards a post game, like doing your your raid battles. Like that's the easiest way of getting like high IV Pokemon. And then if you know how to breed, you can sort of 
easily breed like you know perfect ivs so you know all of that's cool it's just that i feel like if you're really going to get into competitive like it's you have to really commit to it. It's not something where it's like, all right, I'm just going to level up my Charizard to level 100 and see what I can do with that. No, no. Like, it's it's a lot of, you know, you have to be really uh, tactical. Like, it's, it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of uh, creating a team that... It's like chess. You got to sort of, like, think ahead on, like, what your opponents might use and whatnot. So you sort of have to build a team on that. Or you could just build a, a particular team that now your opponent has to adjust to. So it really depends on how you how you play. Um, and right now, I just I I feel like I don't want to do that right now. Like I'm I'm, right. I'm I'm sort of like good like dropping the game right now and sort of looking at other stuff. It's just that I, you know, I'll get online. And I'll look at my friends list and everyone's playing Pokemon. So like I'll jump on and see a bunch of people doing raid battles and like just that gameplay loop of doing that is satisfying to me. But at the same time, now it's start it's starting to become a little hollow because uh Izzy die either have the Pokemon already or I don't know, like it's just I I'm sort of just going through the motions in it. So I think I'm really excited to I'm really excited to jump onto like these next couple games that uh I'm jumping into. But um nice. I guess I think you still have some more games that you want to talk about. So we can sort of do that before I jump into what I've been yeah, playing. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I also popped in Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Uh, mm-hmm. pretty quickly here um i have not actually played any campaign so far, or i'm sorry uh multiplayer so far i haven't played any multiplayer no spec ops or whatever the co-op is i haven't done any of that um i have only done like the first five missions or so um it, i stopped i want to say whichever mission the one is where like you are in the ac-130 again um and uh which i mean i say that but it's not like a bad thing it's it's cool it's fine but it's definitely like oh you're doing modern warfare one again okay um but but despite that like i've actually been enjoying it so far like the first few levels are 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 good you know i'm not like blown away but like it's it's good like the gunplay uh feels good it feels tell me if i'm wrong about this because i know you've been kind of dabbling as well uh it feels a little slower to me like yeah so like movement yeah, so it's the, like the the movement is definitely slower, but I think like the overall pacing mm. of the story is sort of slower too. Because I I remember Call of Duty campaigns where I could literally just hold forward and just shoot people, but mm. this one it's um you can't do that. Yeah, you definitely can't do that in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it starts you in kind of a position where you're sneaking already, and you're not mm-hmm. like you know, which I honestly thought that would be kind of like just maybe a cool opening mission to kind of settle you into things i didn't i wouldn't necessarily expect them to start you with guns blazing literally but um yeah i mean it kind of keeps that pace throughout and there's a lot of like dialogue and some uh you know some cg cutscenes and things like that um you know it's cool i really like the the farah lady she's really cool i think she needs her own game uh, so far, but yeah, the campaign is just, I mean, it's just, it's what you, it's what you come to expect out exactly. of a Call of Duty campaign. So like you could, you could talk shit about Call of Duty, but when it comes down to the campaigns, like 
they they have that. Like they they do a really good job. Like they get really good writers, so you can't really say that the um the writing is bad. Um like I know the opening scene, like I think I, I messaged you, I was like, yo, like I wasn't expecting this at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean which is I mean that's that's okay, so that is kind of what I want, like, out of this game, or at least when it comes to the campaign stuff, which I know most people are gonna buy this game and never touch the campaign or may not even know it comes with a campaign. Um, but I really enjoy the modern warfare campaign, especially that first one. It's revolutionary um in so many ways. Um I that I think this one evokes that feeling replicates it a few times which is a little unfortunate but i mean i you know look it this is a reboot of modern warfare they named it modern warfare this isn't like four right i mean they didn't put a four on this this is like you know a new version of this franchise and it's like what the question for me was what what constitutes that name like what makes modern warfare unique and what makes this one deserve that title they've made x amount of call of duty titles at this point why choose to go back to the well and not only not put a four on it but why invoke modern warfare again what what why what is the reason Um, i think that's well i was gonna say do you you have the answer to it or well i was gonna say well i think part of (laughs) i think part of it is like you know obviously marketing and money they want to market the name of modern warfare it's their most popular entry uh, like in the franchise and so i think going back to the well is monetarily lucrative for for activision i think that's the that's maybe the more more realistic take maybe a perhaps a cynical one but you know more existentially like why go back like that is more of me posing that question oh i mean this is mm. all right so i feel like you're right about how yeah it's like a marketing ploy you know get something bring people in with a nostalgia because at this point you know people hear modern warfare especially with people saying it's like a reboot you're gonna get people to turn their heads and look at it but you know going back to the whole modern warfare just you know aesthetic i i think it's it's honestly because of all the you know shit that's going on in the real world like it's it's at least for me playing through some of these missions I I could sort of separate myself, like pull myself out of the game and sort of say, damn, like this stuff's really happening on the other side of the world right now. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that's the thing too, is that like it does and I think that might be a discussion I would like to have, like maybe at a different time, especially once we finish it, because I want to see like the rest of of this game and see what they do because there are like some sequences that are straight up ripped from the headlines. Like you said, um, like the London sequence, you know, is Mm -hmm. stuff that you literally read about, um, happening, um, stuff that's actually has happened in the last year or two, uh, like in Paris and everything. Uh, So with suicide bombers and and things like that. So yeah, I I definitely think that I do want to have that conversation because it's, it's fascinating. I think we should have it once we finish the campaign for sure. Because uh, that that is the thing, right? Like that might actually be an interesting topic to have. Is like, you know, hey, what what does a 2019 modern warfare look like at this point? Like, what what does that mean for the gaming space, like politically and like just culturally, like where we are, Cause I mean, what we're because I feel like it's that de- is definitely a political statement as well. Of course, yeah. So, but at the same time, I can sort of see both sides of like. 
I feel like I could, I could, I could play this game and I could sort of look at it and I could analyze that type of stuff. But okay. I feel like it's more or less because I'm sort of trained to sort of analyze these things as opposed to playing the game and sort of just running through it just because mm-hmm. I'm shooting stuff. I can also see, which mm-hmm. I feel like the masses may be doing. Like, will, yes. will, like, you know, your average person playing this game sort of sit back and sort of think, damn, like, this is, this is real life. Like, a lot of the stuff is really happening, you know, in modern day. So I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a really good conversation. I feel like it's also a really good conversation to have in the comments. So, uh, you know, listeners right now, go ahead and, you know, send us a message. If you, if you see any of our posts about this episode or, uh, if you don't follow us already on social media, what do you, like, I want to hear what you guys think about this too. Like, do you play Call of Duty? Or, well, I mean, and it's not even saying like I play this game to sort of, you know, put myself in a life of a soldier. But like when when you do play these games, do you do you look at it that way, or are you just shooting, or are you just killing? Right, right. And I think it, that stuff is facilitated by just the game design in general. Like a lot of this stuff is like smoke and mirrors, and kind of like giving you the illusion of choice or the illusion of that like the world that you're in is bigger than it actually is when really it's just quite on rails um, and everything. It's like a roller coaster ride almost. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like how, um, really I want to say Call of Duty kind of always was, to be honest. Like, even with, when it was competing with Medal of Honor back in the day, like, that, it was, it, it was like what gave you the most, you know, visceral feeling, um, back then. But yeah, we, we, we should definitely come back to that, um, that idea, like, once we finish, because I think that conversation would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the final game that I played was, uh, I started The Outer Worlds, finally. Oh boy. boy. I'm excited to hear, I am excited to hear your hot take on this one. Oh boy. Oh boy. Actually, I don't know how much of a hot take it will be at this point. So <laughs> just because it might be in line with a lot of what other people say. Um, but where I am in this game is, I just got off of Edgewater, which is the first planet that you, that you that you you know land on uh, literally and uh, I, I love the, can I just say for a moment that I love the opening of this game like I love the uh, what's the scientist's name um, Phineas I, yeah I think Phineas, Phineas or something. Wells or something yeah Phineas I, Wells. so I keep, I keep wanting to call him Rick <laughs> I didn't now I'm not gonna be able to unsee that now uh, that fits so well. So the thing I noticed immediately about this game is that it was funny, like actually funny and not yep. like fucking Borderlands funny, but like like in a really annoying way. But in a like this is genuinely kind of clever and, and witty and I'm, I'm loving it. Like it's not so highbrow, like the humor is not so highbrow that it's like, you know, people aren't going to be able to, to laugh at it. But um, it, it, it seems to hit on those right marks and it's not going for cheap kind of modern humor in a way. Um, and I really appreciate that. And I love the little detail in, in some of this stuff. Like it's, they seem obsidian seems to have really paid attention to certain, um, certain ideas. Like when you're first creating your character and you're kind of, uh, attributing, you know, um, stats like to your, your character, like, are they, are they going to be smart, stupid, strong, weak, like, and kind of as you go higher and higher, 
on that. Like Phineas Wells will kind of comment and say like, oh, man, I might need to use like a, you know, I might need a dictionary with you if like you decide to go too dumb um, or, you know, if you <laughs> decide to go to go smart or uh, uh, strong, you know, he'll be like, oh, man, I can use you to help, you know, lift blah, 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 blah or whatever. He'll just make like comments about the attribute that you're selecting. And it just seems dynamic. And it's never the same thing because I was doing that for like a good three minutes just like kind of seeing cycling through his dialogue of like everything that he was saying um and it never really repeated much um so that was really cool so that was the first thing i noticed immediately um and the second thing i noticed was that the dialogue system was really really cool so even though your character is silent they're not speaking um you are seeing the dialogue options that that are available to you and but they're organic to the conversation that you're having in that moment. So, and what I mean by that is, for example, if you're talking about like, you know, somebody says, hey, um, can you go steal some food for me or whatever? And option A says, why do you need food? And B says, yeah, sure, I'll go do it. If you choose, hey, why do you need food? And he, you know, he or she tells you like why they need food, then option b like the sure option might not say like sure i'll do it though it might be like oh well now that i understand that like you know i'll do this and this for you like they'll confirm it but in a different way it's something that's so so small and doesn't sound like that means a lot in the grand scheme but that makes for such organic conversations like that you feel like you're having back and forth between uh, npcs like it's such an awesome feature and it requires a lot of rewriting too um on the part of the developers which i they, or the writers which i think is really really cool and something i'm i'm so thankful that they paid attention to even though like you know nerds like me will see it and appreciate it most people will probably be like ah eh, whatever um but i i found at first i was a little overwhelmed with the dialogue options because you get so many and sometimes you can't really go back it's not like a it's not a mass effect deal of Okay, select this option. Okay, now select that option. Okay, now I'm good to go. Like of three, the three options, you might get like three options on one, and then maybe like five options, and then you don't get those five options again until you have to like talk to them all over again to maybe go back. So it really is like they're not going to tell you certain bits of information because it hasn't come up yet in their dialogue. I'm not sure if that makes total sense, but um, it's something that's super super cool. And something I really love. Um, some of the things that I don't like about the game, I I don't, I'm not super in love with the actual combat of it. It doesn't feel like now. Granted, I don't have a lot of interesting weapons yet. I'm not sure if they actually exist. I've seen I've seen rumors of like quote unquote science weapons like that Phineas might be in possession of, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious like if that you know what. what how exactly wacky that gets but um so far the combat is is a little lacking to me it's a little middling like you get a little cool i don't want to say it's vats because it's not vats but it's it slows down time it's like a mechanic a side effect of you your character being in hibernation for you know x amount of time um you're able to slow down time and kind of analyze their stats and see their weaknesses and things like that um and also get better shots on them different body parts do different bits of damage um so that's kind of cool but like i feel like there's no feedback really to the guns like there's no real kick no punch no oomph so i feel like you know i go from going from a game like call of call of duty where it's like 
you know, to use a pretty crude term, like gun porn, it's like, this is definitely not that. Like, it's, it's almost like the combat is just a means to an end to get to the next dialogue option. Like, that's what I'm really interested in in this game is like the story and the characters right now is like, you know, I, I just kind of want to get there and the combat seems to just kind of get in the way of that. Um, so I'm not really loving that so far. And I'm, I'm curious how that feels. I'm about maybe like, I don't know, less than 10 hours at this point. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious at like hour 20, like what that will be like. Um, I feel like you, if you figure out like how you, you're building your character and you sort of lean towards that. So like, I know my first playthrough, Oh shoot. How did I play my first playthrough? Like I was, uh, I, I talked my way out of a lot of the things. So yeah, cer- like certain like, uh, combat, uh, areas, like I, completely just walk through because i i talked to you know whoever's whoever was in charge and either intimidated or just use my smarts to just get through the area it's funny like me playing that way uh in particular like i remember like once you get to your second area there's a certain part where you have to walk get through an area and like there's a boss right there and my first playthrough i just i just talked to him and he was like oh you know what you're actually pretty cool you could just you know you could just walk through Mm. Second playthrough, uh, not so much. Mm. So yeah. I, I, I actually wasn't like strong enough to even get through that area. So I had to like completely turn. Ar- I had to turn around and start doing. Uh, I had to go like I started pretty much started other quests at that point. That it, it's funny that you mentioned that specifically because I've actually just been dumping so many of my points into dialogue. So like I'm extremely persuasive um, and I've got some good charm on me. So like that's how I wanted to play the game. So I actually expect my guy to be intelligent and persuasive. So like he's not the strongest dude, but you know, or the best gunslinger or whatever. But like I can talk my way out of anything, which is has actually proven to be pretty useful. Um, yeah, it's, it's useful in like the dialogue stuff, but like once it comes down to actual combat. Like, all of those skills don't really mean anything. So, like, I guess at that point, you have to start picking, like, good uh, uh, companions and just, I don't know, just having good armor. Um, like, mm-hmm. have you, yeah. what, what, do you, what do you think about the companions? So far, I've got, I've got, uh, Pavardi, Pavardi, is that her name? Pavardi uh-huh. is, Okay, I was about to say, Pavardi is like a slice of cheese, isn't it? Um, eh, Pavardi and Vicar Max, which, you know, Vicar Max, I've heard he's an asshole. He's kind of an asshole, kind of, but not as, not like a lot. Not, not, I, like, I was expecting him to be like a way bigger asshole than they were more off-putting than he is. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely off-putting, but not like in a overbearing sense. Like, it's just like, hey, you've got some skeletons in your closet, guy, but you know, you're cool with me. Um, I actually find him to be kind of interesting, to, to be honest. Uh, Pavardi, I find interesting as well. Um, she, I like, I like them. I like them a lot. In fact, I actually like Pavardi a lot more when she essentially um, stopped me before I was about to make a decision. Like all, all the way, I was about to say, "Fuck it, burn it, burn it." it's all going down like i don't care like i'm gonna play this game like this um and she actually stopped me and said hey um you know what you're about to do right like are you sure about this 
And I was like, damn, you might you might be on to something, Pavardi. You might be on to something. Um, and that's the I mean, this game's been out for, what, a month? So we could talk about early stuff, I feel like. Um, but the whole Edgewater thing, like the, the choice that you have to make, which is the the idea that you have to cut the power to the rebel civilization or or get in, or get that power to the corporate land. Um mm-hmm. And ultimately, so when I went in there, like into that mission, before I even got the mission officially, I was like, I'm about to blow this whole town up because I was like, you know, you get all this dialogue and you meet all these people where people are assets. And oh, my God, I didn't even talk about like I didn't even talk about like the the, the conceit. Like, I, I think the idea of tackling um, the idea of capitalism um, in this game is so strong. Obviously, I think it leans. It seems like it leans a certain way in sometimes, and then other times it doesn't. <laughs> so I don't actually know where politically on the spectrum this game lies, um, which some might say is a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, they they in this Edgewater, this literal backwater town. Like there, people are viewed as assets, and I guess this is just like in the colonies in general, not necessarily in Edgewater. But uh, Spacer's Choice is this this gigantic corporation that literally owns people, um, and you can't even die on your own without you know being considered property. Um, and people are uh, forced to essentially like you know, uh, sell unsavory parts of themselves um, in order to, like, you know, buy their own gravestones. Like, that's... uh, Or grave sites, really. And it's fucked up. Like, there are some, you know, stories about workers um, who perish, um, quote-unquote, under mysterious circumstances. And it is... It is fucked this place is fucked up so essentially when i i went in i thought that i was just going to just burn it all down until provardi stopped me like i said earlier and she made me kind of rethink my stance i ended up actually giving the power to edgewater under the condition that i get everyone to leave basically and and rejoin the town and i was actually able to um, get the main dude to to leave. Like the I forgot his name, the bureaucrat basically who's running that town. You can actually get him to if your persuasion and lie are high enough. You can get him to uh, vacate the town, and uh, the the rebel leader will basically run it from there on uh, forward. So it seemed like like a compromise essentially, like a kind of come together kumbaya moment, which you know you can we could discuss how good that is at a later time. But um, yeah, I, I, moments like that, it was interesting. It, it definitely presented me with a, an interesting moral quandary that I was not anticipating like prior to playing this game. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if they come up with more situations like that i i would expect that those are choices that will be a plenty uh probably on each planet we'll probably get like one or two of those per planet um mm-hmm. and uh yeah you know we'll see but i'll definitely have more to say about that going forward for sure but that's um that's pretty much it for me man i've, I've been going for a while so chris what have you been playing i mean nothing too much um 
same stuff from last year, uh, last week. So Pokemon Sword sort of talked about how, like, I'm sort of at the tail end of what I want to do with that game. I, I'm still deciding whether or not I want to do competitive, but I don't know. I, I feel like that, that I, and I know what it is. I just, I don't want to invest the time of, of like creating like teams and everything like that. So I think that's the reason why I feel like that. That's definitely it. That's the, I pinpointed it. So yeah, so that's what's going on with Pokemon Sword. Um, Mono Warfare talked to, uh, sort of gave my input on, uh, you know, how I feel about it. Like I, I'm liking the story. And once again, I'm the same way. I'm, and I feel like this is me with most Call of Duty games. Unless like I have people that are like really wanting me to jump online and play multiplayer. That's normally my first thing is just to run through the single player. So I'm really, I'm satisfied so far with what's going on in that. Um, I think I'm maybe a little bit further than you, but not by too much. So I think that's something that I'm probably going to like over the next couple of nights, uh, just sort of pop on uh, for an hour or two before going to mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah. Um, but there's that. And then there's, you know, my, my experience with Stadia still going on with that. Um, I still haven't gotten my Chromecast to play on my oh. TV. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm still able to play through a Chrome browser. So, um, I, tried playing on a potato of laptop and was actually like it's it's crazy like the tech is the tech the tech works but I, once again i have really good internet so i think my next test is to maybe try it on a laptop but either like at like starbucks or something or like using my hotspot on my phone i might try that but for the most part, um, yeah, like when it comes down to like playing Destiny, like I, I haven't really run into like issues. Like I, if I play long enough, like I'm think I would forget that I'm playing. I'm not playing natively. Like I'm streaming it. So like that that whole aspect is still wild to me. Um, but you know, I I just I want to see you know more from Stadia. Uh, you know, this month they added. I think Farming Simulator and Tomb Raider, uh, as for, for like the new, like the free games for being pro. So, uh, that, that should hold my attention a little bit. Uh, like these, I mean, Farming Simulator, I, I really give a shit about, um, Tomb Raider. It's the first, it's the first reboot Tomb Raider. Um, I think, well, was that one just called Tomb Raider? I think. Yeah, it's just Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, I guess I'll try that next. I mean, it's, it's something that I've already played, so uh, I, I honestly feel like this whole period with Stadia, it's honestly, it's a, uh, I got paid to be in a beta for the most part. That's essentially yeah. Right. yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm with the tech, like I said, I'm actually, like, pleased with it. So next up, I got to try it. Hopefully I can get my controller and Chromecast pretty soon. I'll try it on a TV. Um, but so far, you know, it is what it is, honestly. Uh, they, there's a couple of things that they'll have to do to win people over to even try the, um, the product. So, uh, I feel like that's more or less going to be a conversation next year. Like, it's going to be a conversation once they attempt to add more services and then once they open it up to everybody, that'll definitely be a different conversation. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, these, these streaming services, well, specifically Stadia, I mean, this thing, I think people are making no bones about it now, especially now that it's actually quote unquote out, um, mm-hmm. that this is a beta exactly like what you just said. You know, there's so many things that, uh, you know, these founders are basically testing the material, you know, and I think we, we should be critical of it, um, you know, as it's kind of releasing and things like that. I mean, it can only hopefully get better from here. It can't really get that much worse, right? Like, I mean, um, I would hope. I mean, I, I feel like what, uh, I feel like what we, I mean, we've said what we've said about it. Like, just the, 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 the whole launch was a mess right. and everything. Like, the, the, I guess the words that they used to describe the product was all over the place. So, I don't know. They they really have to get their stuff together when it comes down to that. Because like the product, it's weird. Like the product itself isn't horrible. It's just how everything is set up and how they're running it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the problem I have. Right. I mean, and that that's the thing. And I agree with you. Like people think that I'm saying, and I'm not talking about you, Chris, specifically, but like people think that when I've I've talked about stadia in the past like people go like you know oh man like yeah uh, uh why are you you just you're just hating on on stadia and it's like not that i'm just hating on Stadia. I, the the technology is fine like no one's arguing that the technology doesn't work like that's that's the biggest defense that i hear is that the technology is really cool like it works like yeah it it does work like i mean but that's not what I'm criticizing, I criticize the business model. I, I am not a fan of how they're uh, marketing this thing, like how you have to buy into it. Like I just, I'm not a fan. Like that's that's where the dissent comes in on my end. Not that it doesn't yeah. work because it and, works. And they're, and they're doing a lot of damage control now. It's um I think on Twitter they just announced that there's going to be three cities where they're going to have like uh, open areas where you could come up and try uh, Stadia. Um, I think it's uh, in the UK, I think Paris, and then Los Angeles. And they said, like, over time, they'll add more, like, you know, areas where you could sort of, like, jump in and play it. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I really have to say about it right now. Like, <laughs> there there really isn't too much, like, different from what I've said over the past couple of weeks. So, um yeah, that's that's Stadia at this point. Yeah. All right. Yep. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap up wrap up that. Um, once again, guys, uh, you know, let us know in the comments. Let us know in like you know DMs, messages. You know, what have you guys been playing? Uh, have you guys been playing anything? Have you guys been playing uh, Modern Warfare? Did you play Outer Worlds, Pokemon Sword and Shield? If you if you have Shield, can you possibly send me some? Uh, <laughs> Some exclusives so I can finish yeah, the Pokedex. Can, can we talk about how useless I feel to you right now? Because I have Shield and I can't help you one iota. It it sucks because like the Pokemon I need from you are Pokemon that you're gonna you unless you unless you have better luck than me, you're gonna have to actively like hunt them in a route. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's something where like I don't want to ask if you're not already doing it, I don't want to ask you to do it for me. I want to feel useful, so I'll do it for you. And I feel like you have better luck than me, so <laughs> hopefully your experience of doing of hunting some of these Pokemon won't be as bad as mine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's certain Pokemon that literally took me two days to find because you can only find them in like the grass patches, and like it's either a two percent or a five percent chance of you know them popping up, 
when it comes to odds like that, I I have no favor like whatsoever. So um <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, if if you get him, you get him. If you don't, you don't. Like I said, I'm not I'm not pressed on finishing the Pokédex right now cuz I feel like that's sort of like inching me to keep playing because while I'm playing and I'm if I'm connected online, I could see people doing raids and every now and then like I'll see raids of Pokémon that I don't have yet. But of course, with my luck, those are the Pokemon that escape from me. So it's happened like a couple times. It happened to me like twice yesterday, and I, w- I went to sleep afterwards. I was like, yeah, oh, fuck this man. game. I was like, yeah. fuck this game. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I hopped off and I was like, I ain't gonna go to sleep like this. So like, I think I popped on, um, I caught up on some Arrow, and I gotta watch Flash tonight. But Crosses, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Shout out to them. Shout, shout out to, you know, CW for, you know, putting together a better DC universe than the DC universe did with their movies. So I'm really excited for next week. The crisis started. Nice, nice. Even I've heard about that. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I feel like it's a lot of like, it's, it's going to be a lot of payoff stuff that they've been like building up for years now. Like it, they've been, they've been, you know, teasing the crisis since the first season of flash. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then with this being like the last season of arrow, like there's, there's a lot of payoffs on, uh, on that end. Like this, this season of arrow, like by far, I want to say has been my favorite. I, I, I want to say maybe the first season, is still like my favorite. Okay. Um, but this is like a close second. Just because yeah. of like all the payoffs that they're doing and everything that they're doing leading up to Crisis has been mm-hmm. like, it's been like a movie quality level. Like. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah, just the amount of effort and like the writing that they're doing for these characters is pretty cool. So, um, that's that. Um, I guess we could sort of jump into some news and then, uh wrap it up with some uh some playstation yeah let's do it so uh what you got for us this week so news wise we had a story a quick story about phil spencer tweeting out that he has officially in fact i'm just going to quote the whole tweet here he says and it's started. This week, I brought my Project Scarlet console home, and it's become my primary console. Playing my games, connecting the, to the community, and yes, using my Elite Series 2 controller. Having a blast. Great work by the team. 2020 is going to be an incredible year. So, I mean, this is cool. This is uh, this is significant for a, a pretty neat reason. It's like, you know, the development of Star- Scarlet has... has it progressed enough to where the team is starting to take consoles home. And isn't, that's not necessarily new. Uh, that's been pretty common in the gaming community for the development community for, for, uh, since maybe its inception. Uh, I remember reading way back then, like in the nineties about like how, you know, uh, developers took home like, you know, dev consoles and everything like that around the holiday time. Uh, and that's, that's always really exciting to hear because next gen's just around the corner. You know, that's what that means. That's really exciting. Mm, I don't know. I call shenanigans. You want to know why I call shenanigans? Why is that? Because this this very same week we're hearing stories that developers they're not seeing dev kits, and the I, I feel like I think the, the the consensus is that the development on Scarlet is 
really pushed back as opposed to PlayStation, which they've, you know, been working on for, I guess, a couple months now. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Send, send these dev kits, send, send the dev kits over to the actual, you know, developers so that we, they could make these games. That's my thing. Like, I don't know. I sort of, I laughed when I saw that tweet. Mm. So I think, it, I, yeah. think I think, I, I literally think like maybe like a couple hours before he, uh, that got tweeted out, I was seeing like articles about how developers are sort of worried about the Scarlet, about Scarlet. So. Yeah, I think I saw one of those too. I think one of them was debunked, I think. Um, but I mean, who knows? We, we, we won't know for sure until they announce, which I mean, at this point, do we really think it's going to happen any later than March? Like, oh, I don't yeah, know. you're right. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think Sony happens in February, I think. Uh, and I think Xbox or Microsoft will be soon to follow in March. Maybe mm-hmm. April at the latest, but I don't think they wait that long. I think they just go ahead and reveal in March. Um, I agree. Yeah. And then the next thing we were going to talk about was 25 years of PlayStation, right? Yeah. Oh, so we're just going to... Alright, we're going to jump into that. Um, oh, my bad. Unless we had something else on the topic. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. Was, was that it? That might have been. Oh, unless you wanted to mention really quickly that <laughs> Resident Evil Three leaked. That happened um, on cover art appeared on PSN, and yeah. Resident Evil Three. That was the one with Nemesis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it looks like it's a remake in the same vein as Two. So that'll be pretty cool. At that point, I mean, we'll we will have caught up to the series. At that point, I don't know. I'm not too. I'm not too hip on Resident Evil 3. So, like, I just know that it is... I don't know the characters, like, the main characters, but I do know that they get chased around by Nemesis for the virtually the entire game. That's what I know. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the same way, too. Like, I like jumping into, like, when this game comes out is going to be fresh for me. But, um, I don't know, I'm excited. Like, I for one, I feel like uh, Jeff Keighley's out there. I know he's pissed somewhere <laughs> out there that this got leaked, because I'm pretty sure this was one of those exclusive drops that he had for the uh, Game Awards. But, um, yeah, I know a lot of people were excited about this, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. We also did get a... Um, we did get a story as well. Um, by the way, that was about Microsoft planning to release a cheaper and discless next xbox that was something that was uh rumored today kotaku wrote up a story about that um from their sources that's a jason schreier special um and he's basically just saying that the it's going to be a little bit different uh the there's going to be a uh, they're going to target specs that are a little bit lower than what the traditional next gen consoles would be. Um, which to me, mm, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. Um, but it is going to be codenamed. Well, right now it's, it's codenamed, uh, Lockhart, whereas the normal high performance one is going to be called Anaconda. Um, so it's going to be basically two SKUs essentially. And I think the one that you and I would probably get would be Anaconda. Well, shit, I don't know, Chris. You'd probably get Lockhart. I don't know. But it's less power, though. So would you really want to trade that? No. I I need all the power. 
Okay. So they, uh, Jason Schreier does admit that we don't know how the pricing is going to work quite yet. Um, that's something that is a little, it's a little bit nebulous at this point, but it is going to be, uh, full 4K, uh, 60 frames per second on the Anaconda. Uh, but the Lockhart is going to go for a little bit lower, 1440p resolution, uh, but also with 60 frames per second. Um, he is quick to note that that doesn't mean that every single game will actually reach that, but that's what the target is internally. So, yeah. And they're also looking to promote that with xCloud, which we talked about a few weeks ago. That's, that's going to be pretty big. Yeah. I, I think so. I think it represents... I mean, I feel like we've been saying this every single week at this point, but... Uh, you know, this is a another shift towards the all digital future. I think the all digital Xbox um, that came out this or last year, I think mm-hmm. last yep. year, um, it was you know it did fine for them, and I think it was a dip in that market. And there's no reason to believe why they would go any or do anything different with this one. This this is not su- super surprising news, but it's good to know that this is something that's being worked in, worked on actively. So yeah. Expect to hear more on that later. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up this week with uh, just t- let's talk about PlayStation. Um, this past week it was the PlayStation One's 25th anniversary, so PlayStation was you know for the most part uh, they were just highlighting just 25 years of, of play, which they're calling it. Um, I think this past week or two they've also received the Guinness World Record. For, um, like, I think just, was it like most consoles just sold as like a yep. company or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, so, you know, shout out to that. You know, the PlayStation, the PlayStation brand is strong. Like, yeah. they, they're, they're doing it right now. 25 years of like just, uh, you know, the ups and downs. But I feel like when they, when they hit those high points, they really hit the high points. Yeah. And for, and I was gonna say, and and I feel like even with the low points, the low points sort of helped develop the company to make those high points, uh, you know, feel even greater. So right. I sort of want to use this time to, you know, once again with you guys out there uh, listening to us, uh, we love engagement. You know, what's you know, I want to know what you know, you guys is like when you think PS One. What's the first game that sort of like pops up in your head? And I'm gonna ask that to you, you too, Rod. Uh, like, what do you like instantly? PS1. What's the first thing, first game that pops up? Ah uh, man, the first game that pops up for me is is definitely uh, Metal Gear Solid One. Mm. You know, um, it's it's the game that I always think about. It's not even the first game that I played on a PlayStation One, um, at all. Actually, in fact, I played it later in its life, but uh, like much later, but. I remember the inf- just the sheer influence of that game, and going back to play it, it feels like the quintessential uh, PlayStation title. You know, it, it feels like, and it's not even something that's a franchise that's necessarily exclusive to the PlayStation brand, but it, it encapsulates so much of what I think people know PlayStation for, especially nowadays with their uh, cinematic kind of envelope pushing experiences. Um, you know, you always think of blockbuster gaming when you think of a lot of Sony first party, especially today. Um, you know, with Last of Us and Horizon and, and God of War, the PlayStation 4 one, and, 
you know, it, it's just endless. My day is gone. Like, I mean, you, there are so many of these titles uh, today that people growing up with PlayStation 4 kind of look at, and you look at a game like Metal Gear Solid 1, and it is so uh, innovative. And not only the the gameplay in, in there, like, you know, but the way that it told its narrative, the way that it presented uh, certain obstacles and goals for you to achieve, uh, the finding the codec number on the back of the box, uh, Psycho Mantis, like, all the things that seem cliche to mention now, I mean, those things, like, were formulative uh, to me to represent what that Sony meant business. Like, you know, pe- people made fun of Sony when they were coming into the industry. You know, people were like, you know, oh, the, the, the people, the guys that make TVs, they want to make video. What, 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 the, the Walkman? Yeah, the, the, the yeah, Walkman. What? Ex- exactly. Like, what do they know about making video games? Pfft, like, but, you know, they took their lumps and, and sure enough, came out with a winner. You know, I think PlayStation, PlayStation 1 did really well for itself. Uh, you know, it established itself as, as a premier console, it grabbed Final Fantasy VII. I think that's also a, a game that I think about that is synonymous with with PS One, especially. Um, yeah, and, and Tekken, like uh, Tekken, is is also a great PlayStation title as well. Um, I was say yeah, that, like for me, that's between Tekken and Fighting Force. So shout out to anybody who like hears me say Fighting Force and they know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, those two like instantly pop up. Um, the, the SmackDown games on the PS1, uh, like just hours. I remember like just spending hours and hours playing that game with, uh, with like some cousins of mine. I remember like us not having a memory card. So we would have to, you know, we would create, you know, created wrestlers, get them through like, you know, most, we try to get them as far as we could through the, um, like the campaign or through the uh, season mode. And, you know, eventually we're like, damn, we're going to have to turn it off. We're going to lose all these characters. So just, just thinking like that was a thing for a lot of people, um, like playing these games without a memory card. Like when you ask like older gamers, like that's something I feel that we all at some point we've had to do. Uh, so, you know, seeing how, you know, quality of life has shifted with the PS4. You know, auto saves, cloud saves, like these kids don't know the heartbreak of having to turn <laughs> off a system and, ha- and having to redo everything the next time you play. Yeah. So, exactly. um, you know, shout out just to just innovation uh, to, you know, I also want to shout out. And this is a little shade. But I also want to shout out, you know, Sony stepping into the field and also knocking out a competitor. I feel like because yeah. of Sony. Sega, they're like, oh man. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they, they, I want to say they, uh, for the most part, that's, that's what took Sega out. It was a lot I mean, of things. I, 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 but, yeah, right. I know it was a lot of, yeah. it was a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> most of, mostly with things that Sega, they did to themselves. Yes. But I want to exactly. say that, you know, the, the dominant, uh, domination that the, that Sony had in that, you know, in the market, yeah. that led to it. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of classic games, um, and games that continue, like, you know, that people are still playing now. So yes. looking at Final Fantasy VII, how yeah. we're getting that re- remaster or the remake next year, um, seeing once again, like Tekken is still going strong. Um, I was gonna say Metal Gear. Oh, oh damn. I'm, that was a tear, a tear, a tear just rolled down my cheek. Damn. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, like I'm I'm excited. You know, 25 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, you know, cheers to another 25 years. Uh, just 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 to see like the innovation that they do. Yeah, uh, it's, I, it's I, fun. I feel like we'd be remiss to not like specifically call out. PlayStation 2 as well, um, as I think that that it might be considered one of the all-time great consoles, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. especially in the 3D space. I mean, I, I remember my now my first memory of that console is uh, Twisted Metal Black. Uh, I remember that coming out and playing it and just being blown away at the time that like you know everything was so clean and so uh, so realistic and there were it was very mature. I should not have been playing that game at the time at all um but yeah like I, I mean and then you've got metal gear 2 you know i don't mean to talk about metal gear the whole time but i mean like that came out uh, pretty early in the life cycle right mm-hmm. uh, for playstation 2 and that being just blowing me away as well um it, it, it shadow of the colossus came out towards the end of that console's life cycle and was absolutely stunning that was the birthplace of god of war you know uh, this is it's it's incredible what that console was able to achieve and sell in that in that amount of time. And and I feel like there there are listeners out there that are like mad at us for not shouting out stuff like Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those yeah, those franchises they they led to other franchises like, you know, they're being birthed out of it. So like, right. you know, uh shout out to like Naughty Dog, like they're still going strong. Absolutely. Um I, I think with the PS2, I want to shout out like the Dragon Ball Z games. So like Budokai, um, the Tenkaichi games, like all of those. Like, I feel like if you, if you played those games, like this, it's just, it's, Grand like, Theft Auto. It, yeah, Grand Theft Auto is huge. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of, uh, like that shift to, to the 3D space was pretty big. Yeah. Where's my cool borders? Ooh, I loved Cool Borders. Like I, I take, I, I, I'm not gonna say I take it over SSX, but like Cool Borders was a really cool, you know, Sony exclusive franchise. Um, and yeah, ninety, what was it, ninety eight degree sports or ninety nine or ninety something? Yeah, I don't sports. It was like something, something sports. It was, it was their first party studio that made the sports games. Um, but yeah, I might be wrong on that, but. Yeah, it was they they made a bunch of those titles and I would really like if one of those got rebooted, especially Cool Borders. Yeah. So, um you want to shout out anything else from Oh man, we could be here all night doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I just wanted to shout out just you know, the PS1 and just like just the just the overall like, you know, shout out to Sony, shout out yeah. to PlayStation. Yeah. Much. I was completely wrong about Cool Borders, by the way. That was UEP Systems, so not at all oh. 98. I think 98 Sports, 98 Degrees, or whatever their their first party system. That was those were like their football games and things like that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess with that, we can go ahead and wrap it up for the week. Yeah. Uh, episode 41 in the bag. Yeah, uh, once again, we uh, this you know this month we have some really cool things with our Game of the Year discussion. Uh, with like some other things that we're working on and then just guys listen this is the last month of the year this is the last month of the decade uh get get your get your ducks in a row like if you're gonna make some changes go ahead and make changes now you know if you're if you're gonna work on a diet if you're gonna work on lifestyle changes start working on that stuff now 
Like, don't wait. Don't be like, oh, I'll wait until Sunday. Or I'll wait until the New Year's. No. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time to, you know, start on your path to greatness. You know, starting the 2020s on the right foot. That's what it's all about. Uh, Rod, you got anything for the people? 989 Sports. That is the developer. That that is developer. It was really bothering the hell out of me. Um, but that is that is it. Um, yeah, go enjoy your family. Enjoy your family this month. This is a really cool month to do that. Um, it's December. Christmas time is upon us. Uh, very soon. In fact, way more soon than you would think. Um, enjoy your family. Play some video games. That's it. So with that, that's going to be another episode, guys. Um, Once again, like, uh, subscribe, comment, all that fun jazz. And once again, like, you know, send us some mail. Uh, We have the uh, mailbox open. It's shouldiplaythatfanmail at gmail.com. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. Uh, See you next time. Peace.